Are you looking for inspiration and words of wisdom so you can go out and launch your own business? This is the Lost and Founded podcast, bringing you raw and relatable stories of successful entrepreneurs, committed startups and personal experiences that are here to inspire, inform and influence. My name is Amanda and I'm Sophie and in today's episode we'll be speaking to one of two pioneers in the food and drink industry from graphic design to social media guru with over 600,000 followers and a lifetime of community members our guest today explored his creativity through studying at Bucks University. Having embarked on his career in design and advertising our special guest has worked to develop the identity of renowned brands such as Sony and L'Oreal. He developed his journey through the influence of his Jamaican mother and grandmother as he launched a vibrant platform showcasing how to make Caribbean and flavorful food easily. He's now a full-time entrepreneur, best-selling author of two books and an amazing father. So we are so welcome to have on board with us Craig Dean, co-founder of Original Flavor and Craig Dean Studio. Thank you so much for, for joining us today, Craig. How are you? I'm good. So after that intro, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm well. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. We're so looking forward to hearing uh, what you have to say. So for those who haven't yet discovered a result flavour, could you give us a bit of background on how you turned your idea into a reality? Yeah, so I've always loved to, I love food. I've loved food, I love eating food mostly. As I got older, I understood um, the value of food and what it brings, the, the experience that it brings, the happiness, the joy, and overall the story as well um, as I got older. So initially it was a university idea um, that I had to showcase a, a bit about my background, where I'm from and my personality, because it was like a self-initiated brief for my third year. So I wanted to go into interviews for my postgrad um, interviews so I can like show them my portfolio also talk a bit about myself and where I'm from and what I've grown up with so and that was food and drink initially it was like a drinks idea so it was a showing people how to make you know like Guinness punch rum punch carrot juice there's such a, a massive range of, of, of Caribbean drinks that not many people know about um, obviously you know about the jerk chickens and everything like that but they didn't necessarily know about the drinks so I thought it was quite interesting to to showcase that in easy way so fast forward it done quite well at uni and um, when I went to interviews people loved it and they often talked about jerk chicken and Caribbean food and um, they love jerk chicken but don't know how to make it that kind of stuck with me then I fast forward maybe about two three years yeah three years later three four years later it always stuck on me I really wanted to make it a, a, a thing where other people could enjoy as well so I spoke to my brother about it and I said yeah I really want to try and push out this Caribbean drinks and showing people how to make it and stuff like that because at the time um, Tasty and BuzzFeed was really getting massive like online cooking platforms was really getting massive so I just really thought there's nothing really for people like me um, with with flavour <laughs> with um, extra flavour with um, authenticity and then my brother was like, why don't we just do like a, a food one, like together? And and I was just like, yeah, make, it makes sense, makes perfect sense. So I kind of teamed up with my brother and um, I kind of convinced him to make, you know, that's a good idea. He, he was kind of convinced anyway, to be honest. And um, 
my brother, me and my brothers have been cooks, you know, no, I'm not, we're not chefs or anything like that, but we're just passionate about food. So we just took it from there and it just went booming overnight. It boomed literally overnight to where we are now. Wow. That is wild. What a journey though. So you literally started off at university with an idea, pitched the idea, everyone loved it. And then you kind of pivoted, you know, your business based on what your interests were, your culture, and you made it very personal to you. So I really love the way you've merged your experience with your degree, because I think sometimes it's really difficult when you're in higher education to actually think of putting the two of them together, you get a bit lost, especially after you graduate as well. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really, really cool. And I think I would even go as far as saying that like original flavor has become so much more than just a brand. Like you've actually built an entire community of chefs. So is this something that you intended to do when once you were sort of building original flavor or it just kind of happened? Yeah, it just kind of happened, you know, it was really grew organically. Um, initially, it just started, with me and my brother just showing, wanted to show our friends. And a bit of frustration as well, because people just thought Jamaican food or Caribbean food is just about jerk chicken. And um, there's so much more um, to it. There's so much history to it. Um, the story of our food is, is just incredible. And it needs to be told authentically, um, you know, not really glamorized or plagiarized or <laughs> anything like that but we wanted to give it raw and real um just like the normal kid down the street you know we're from south london so we've got like a massive community here so initially it was just to to show our friends and just to showcase the amazing food um and the amazing family orientation that comes from caribbean food as well so myself and my brother we brought our nan in as well. So we done our videos out. On oh, that. I love your yeah. nan so much. <laughs> I love her so much. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I love her too. I love her. She's amazing. You know, we when we started, we didn't know where to do the videos. We didn't have any you know, money to, to get like a studio. Or, uh, we just got like a basic camera from Curry, literally the cheapest one. <laughs> and um, we went to our nan. So nan just, we, just asked, we knew that our nan had good lighting because a lot of Caribbean um elders they have like a porch or like patio and a lot of a lot of plants so they need a lot of natural light to come and help to grow the plant so we asked her if we can come and do videos and she, she didn't know really what she just loved us being there we loved being around our nan um it's like our best friend she's such a great person to be around and then our first video just got a million views in a week and it just went crazy and then we just started to make videos week after week so yeah it's just a whirlwind and then now we really want to try and um bring in other um chefs that don't necessarily have the opportunities or not necessarily skilled in like culinary schools or don't have opportunities in you know like the world or the industry um that we can provide help to provide that through whether that's um just for advice guidance um workshops and yeah anything really so yeah and following the success, the major success of your first video going viral, how did being virtual impact the success of your business? Um, oh, well, you know, we live in a virtual world, don't we? Um, naturally, again, I just felt that we just wanted to make it as easy and accessible as possible. We didn't want to put any monetary, we don't want to monetize it from the start. Um, we just wanted to be as organic as possible. So that was always our brand strategy. Um, especially as brothers, 
um, not necessarily like Michelin star chefs. We wanted to be very relatable um, to people um, that you can cook it yourself, even if you have no experience of cooking. Um, we just wanted to give people that, that um, encouragement that they can do it too. So being online was just the easiest way to do that. Mm. And we made the videos one minute long, um, although our videos were under one minute. So it was very straight to the point. And people maybe had a bit of, you know, intimidation through Caribbean food. They might have looked at it and thought, oh, I don't know how to make that. There's so much different spices. I don't know where to get it from or um, I don't know where to start. So our brand strategy was to make it very simple, very easy and very accessible. So we had a little acronym of like EAT, um, easy, accessible and tasty food, uh, which we um, said from the get go of um, developing the business. I think what, what I'm really getting from what you're saying is but you have a, a huge sense of giving back um, to the community, to people who don't actually have maybe the same amount of opportunities that you may have ha had, but you're sort of almost leveling the playing field almost, which I quite admire. But I would say that this mustn't like this must have been quite difficult as well like maybe not really knowing how to get there or maybe what what sort of routes you should take not really knowing the obstacles along the way but what would you say like as an entrepreneur has been your biggest obstacle today and how did you kind of overcome this that's a good question you know how did we um, overcome obstacles so the obstacles that we faced at the beginning was that you know, thankfully we got a lot of success at, at, um, at the beginning from the beginning however that came with a lot of scrutiny um, that came with a lot of judgment so to say so people saw our platform so like after one month we had like 60,000 followers like on Facebook um, we didn't even get on Instagram yet I think it was only like three months later or something like that so when people saw 60,000 followers like hundreds of thousands of views or millions of views sometimes that brings a bit of judgment um and you know which is fine caribbean people are very um loyal to their food they love their food um when they when they see someone else make it they always compare it to how they make it or how their great mom great grandmother made it how their mom etc so and it's very again the story behind the food is very sentimental so people have a very personal experience with it so they always, you know, express their personal views. So it's like stuff like, you know, you don't put tomatoes in it or <laughs> you don't put the chicken in, then you put it in like five minutes later or five minutes, 22 seconds later or something like that, or just very intricate things, um, which we did learn from for sure. But also we, we at the beginning, it was, it was quite hurtful. Um, I'm not gonna lie, it was quite hurtful. The times we were like clapping back you know what I mean? Papa clapping back in the comments. So yeah, <laughs> because we're young, you know, it was just me and my brother. People saw the platform and thought it was some big powerhouse um, business, but it was just me and my bro, like my nans. Like it was nothing, nothing deep. So, but then after a while, um, we started to be a bit more mature about it and understand that it comes with it. And it was literally only the 1%, 99% were, were supporting us and, going like you know really encouraging us sharing liking you know the numbers don't lie so we just really grew from that and just you know took it as a, a pinch of salt really
I guess, you know, sometimes, especially when you're starting a business, it's so easy to focus on the negative comments than to focus on the 99% of positive comments. Because that one negative comment can be like, I'm going to quit. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> so, so true. You know, I think, again, that, that goes to, um, in, to insane with life, really. Um, so that's a life lesson to be honest sometimes a lot of us um are fearful of, of doing the things or the ideas that we have in our mind because we're fearful of what people say um at the end of the day people are going to say it but then after that what happens after that you know they disappear you know what i mean those comments are literally i don't even remember any like any <laughs> any of those comments what they actually said now five years later because you know we've gone on from strength to strength thank god and um if we if we you know focus on what people said we wouldn't get anywhere so it's a life lesson you know what i'm saying because if you want to be happy if you want to do um the ideas and the career that you want you you're the one that has control over it. you can't allow other people to have control over that that's so true and it's not just about being a business person or an entrepreneur it is a life lesson and there's so many life skills that you can learn from having your own business yeah. so one thing we like to ask some of our guests at least one quirky question mm -hmm. so our question for you today is how do you think being an entrepreneur has allowed you to become a better person well in many ways really it's taught me about balance in life how to work hard but also to rest as well to to know when it's time to really go in, to work overtime, work late nights, no sleep, but then there's a time to rest as well, for sure. I'm all for, I'm really, I'm a person that goes all the way. If I'm in something, I go all the way. You know what I'm saying? It's no half-heartedness with me. I go all the way in. There's no point being in it if you're halfway in it. So, but I know how to rest as well. So, and being having a family as well has allowed me that balance also put me in place in that balance as well. And also, again, with the community aspect as well, helping people, understanding where those people are maybe don't have the opportunities, you know, to be in certain positions who have been oftentimes the minority um, that have been overlooked, that have, you know, worked quadruply hard, but still in lower positions. I understand those people. So, that's helped me to empathize with those people and to understand and to really empower those people that you can not to, you know, give up. It's almost quite cliche to say, but believe in yourself, man. Believe in yourself. You don't have to wait for other people to give you that platform. You can create the platform yourself. And especially as um, a black man, um, I've had many challenges um, throughout my career, racism in in workplaces, being the only black man there, racist comments to my face when people are drunk, you know what I mean? Stuff like that, that can easily sway somebody, can easily knock them off and lose their confidence. And, you know, some people don't understand that, but at the end of the day in business, there's no sympathy. You have to have that willingness and that reason why to become the best you can be because no one's going to give it to you. Nobody's going to give, give you that platform. Nobody's going to give you that success. So you have to work for it. So I understand those people and I have a real, me and my brother will have a real um, love and a, and a passion for those people, underprivileged people, 
and also people that don't know about our culture as well and to share the love because it's such a beautiful beautiful food beautiful culture well I, I don't even have anything to comment on what you said like it's just so accurate and I think um, just in terms of even giving back opportunities to people, just helping people understand your culture. I think there's such an element of education um, mm. when it comes to starting your own business as well. You know, you're not just starting it for the sake of starting it. You're teaching somebody something they don't already know. Mm. Um, and I really get that from, from what you said. But I guess I can also see that you have like a really strong vision for original flavor. Um, and I've seen a lot of companies at the moment, you know, because of COVID, because of everything that's been happening, they're kind of almost redefining their purpose and their value for their business. Do you think that this is something you've had to do um, presently, or is it something that, you know, you kind of already have in the bag? You don't really have to redefine anything right now. Um. What, as in like restructuring the vision because of COVID or because of... Or just in general, is there anything that you thought you had to kind of change or pivot in terms of your thinking for original flavour um, just based on circumstances? Yeah, for sure. So practically speaking, we had a, um, a supper club which was doing very well um, in, from 2009 to early 2020, 2009, 2019 to 2020. And then COVID kind of put that to a stop in March 2020. It was really good. It was buzzing. It was the first real consistent um, restaurant type um, pop up that we were doing where people could come and taste our food, where we could meet the people, where we could like do a masterclass as well. It was a really great time, um, an opportunity to do that. And then that stopped. So we had to go back to the drawing board of how we would shift things around, how we would maintain re relevance. So we started to do like masterclasses online, like free um, 30 minute Insta cooking demonstrations, like cook along. So people would cook along with us at home. That went really well as well. And we just upped our game with our recipe videos online as well. So, and obviously with, with our platform being mostly digital, a lot of brands wanted to to work with us during that time so even though things got knocked off and we were quite upset you know new opportunities arose and we really just um made sure that we were awake and we were ready for the new opportunities and you know really driving those opportunities as well and i've just seen that you've re now released your own podcast which i would highly recommend for everyone to listen to you also have a YouTube channel with around 40K subscribers and millions of views. How did you build the courage to actively start using multiple platforms? And did you know what you were doing or did you just go in and see if it would work? Yeah, so we just, like I said, we just went in on Facebook and just started doing videos there. And then naturally, a couple months later, we just went to Instagram, then to YouTube, maybe about six months later. And then, yeah, so... Again, yeah, these days you've got to be on every platform, really. So we need to get on TikTok now. We need to get the time to get on TikTok now because obviously you have to keep, keep on top of the game because there's always somebody and there's always an, uh, another original flavour that is going to come, the new wave. So you have to keep on top of things, know who you are as well, um, and understand that there's room for so much of us, so much of Caribbean food. There's room for everybody to do well as well. So... 
not to put too much pressure on yourself, but to remember that to stay relevant, you have to kind of keep on top of things and to be on as many platforms as you think is correct for your business, for your brand. You know what I mean? And continue to, 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 to change as well. To change at all times. Um, change for the better. Don't change your vision, um, but change your, sometimes changing your methods to, to, to suit the climate is, is what's needed. Absolutely. And I know that, you know, within your job as well, your graphic design career, you've had, you know, you're now working in multiple industries, I would say. Would you say that, like, I guess, managing your social life and your work life has become a little bit more difficult as your business has developed? Or, but it's basically, how do you manage your time with everything that's going on? It's difficult. It's challenging. Um, obviously, I've got twins as well. I have a family, a wife, twin girls, they're one years old. So it can be challenging. However, you know, now being that's growing around us, you know, we've got like communications um, exec, we've got like an assistant, we've got like uh, some editors now that's just jumped on board. So we're, we're building a team to spread out and to delegate, which is great. So then we can focus on the areas which we have the expertise in to develop the business where it needs to go. So yeah, it's just about understanding when to let go because sometimes when you're an entrepreneur, when you're a startup, <laughs> you know, you've, you don't want to, it's not even, you don't want to give it to other people, but they don't have that same passion as you. They don't have that same energy as you. They don't, they're not going to be working at 2.30 in the morning to finish a project or you know, I mean, working at overtime at times. So it's just understanding how to plan, how to prepare and to take your time in those things as well. Sometimes we're in a rush to make money. Sometimes we're in a rush to, what you have to be is understand the projects that pay the bills, which is fine. You're kind of like, you can just do in your sleep, but then save the, the the main part of your day for planning and how to delegate to other people because then you can use a lot of your time to, to focus on new ventures which will help basically help to maximize your business because you end up doing the same thing if you don't do those things you end up doing the same project the same you're on the same salary you're on the same type of clients you don't grow so that's what we're transitioning into now. I'm building the team so we can have more time, especially as fathers. My brother's a father as well, nephew, Leo. So we're busy. We're busy. So we're, what we're doing now is just delegating to others, building the brand and just focusing on expertise that we know and understanding where Original Favour needs to be and focusing on that. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Um, thank you so much for sharing your insight and your passion for Original Flavor today. If you could give one final piece of advice to anyone starting a business, what would that be? Use the resources that you have around you. Don't wait for a loan. Don't wait for the perfect opportunity. Don't wait for the equipment. You know what I'm saying? You can start. You can start with the resources around you and then grow into grow into your vision, basically. So yeah, using your resources that you have. So for example, quite practically, we use you know, our Anand's place. And if we didn't, if we waited, oh, we need a studio first or, you know, we need this camera first before we can start, we would never have started. We would never have produced or gets got 60,000 followers in a month for produced the books so this is our then we went on this is our um self-published book um we self-published this book so again if we didn't start at NAND we wouldn't have produced this um we didn't have any money then we know a crowdfunding campaign to produce this so you can start and then as you go on you'll think of new ways to develop the business and then from that, we got best-selling on bestseller on Amazon. Then we got picked up. We had about seven publishers from that. 
um, asking to do our next book, which was really cool. We had like Penguin, Harper Collins, Avery. There's so many others, and we were with Bloomsbury Publishing. We create this book here. We went because they said they would take us to Jamaica for five weeks, so we said yes. <laughs> so Why yeah. would you say no? <laughs> yeah, we can't say no to that. So we went to Jamaica for five weeks, stayed with the family got the real authenticity the story the passion behind the food and yeah this book has done amazing 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 it's been crazy places and continue to be so and we're doing a new book in coming out in january i can't tell you what that is yet so <laughs> oh my gosh i was so excited um for original flavor like i don't know i just i'm such a fan i'm fangirling right now but no honestly i love your community um and i guess for everyone who, I guess, wants to find out about more about Original Flavor, about Nanny's um, Backyard, about everything, where can we sort of find you um, on social media? Yeah, Original Flavor, F-L-A-V-A. We're on most platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, and yeah, LinkedIn, we're on LinkedIn now as well. Um, you can, so you can find us, you can get our book from Amazon, all major book retailers as well. Uh, we recently sold out, which is amazing. <laughs> Unheard of, really. Like a publisher sold out of our books twice during the pandemic. But yeah, we got it's back in stock now, thankfully. We also have signed copies of the book that we sell on our own website, originalflavor.com. And yeah, we have aprons as well. So that's crazy. Just quickly, I guess that means that everyone's actually trying to cook during the pandemic as well, which is good. <laughs> exactly our, our views like quadrupled during the pandemic like our page views quadrupled during the pandemic because obviously like you said everyone was trying to cook they had no choice <laughs> so uh, it was a nice nice opportunity to, to keep people's health up um an achievement you know a sense of achievement of making a meal providing for the family and yeah just providing that caribbean experience of you know good vibes happiness during cooking you know feeling feeling the flavor man and the aprons look really cool thanks <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your story we're really looking forward to seeing the future of original flavor thank you for having me this has been the lost and founded podcast if you liked this episode make sure to head over to instagram and let us know how you found it at lost and founded pod with new episodes being released every Thursday, you'll be ready to continue taking steps to bring your ideas to life. Wherever you listen to your podcast, be sure to follow and be notified about more inspiring stories and experiences. That's all for now, and we'll see you next week.